Hi, and welcome to the Living Room Scripture Lessons. My name is Brad Constantine, and this set of lessons is from the Come Follow Me curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Although this is not an official recording of the Church, every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. There are several other Come Follow Me resources to help with your Gospel and Scripture study. These lessons tend to go a little deeper into the doctrine than most resources. Hopefully this resource will be different enough from the others that you'll come back each week. On the Living Room Scripture Lesson website is a digital version of the lessons, which has more material than can be mentioned in the podcast. You can download that PDF resource and use it as you like. As with other online resources, you can like, share, and subscribe to the podcasts. Again, welcome to this Come Follow Me resource. I hope you like it. Hi, and welcome back to the Come Follow Me lessons. Again, we're on lesson number 50, and this discussion will be chapter 15 of the book of Revelation. <clears throat> Verse 1, and I saw, oh, keep in mind that as we're going through all of this, the Lord has commanded us to be not troubled. So we're not supposed to worry about all this stuff. Verse 1, and I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, an overwhelming sign, seven angels having the seven last plagues, in other words, perfect and complete judgment, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, the celestial sphere, that's what the, the earth will be like in, in the celestial kingdom, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass having the harps of God. So he's seeing those that have been exalted in the celestial kingdom. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou art thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And after that I looked and beheld, behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. That was very similar to how Jesus was dressed earlier. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke, meaning which is the glory of God, from the glory of God and from his power. And no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. So that's the end of chapter 15. So let's keep going to chapter 16, since this that was a small one or a short one. Let's keep going. Um, chapter 16, verse 1, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. Uh, verse, uh, Doctrine and Covenants section 112 says, And upon my house shall it begin, and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name and have not known me, and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. Uh, back to Revelation 16, verse 2. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore. Maybe this is the effects of a nuclear war. Upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. The sea may represent wicked people who will also be destroyed. Again, this sounds like uh, might be something nuclear. And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of water, and they became blood. So now the uh, pollution's upon the fresh water. 
And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another angel who came up, who came out from the altar, saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over three, over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. Remember that the, the reason for natural disasters is to get us to repent. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain, and blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and repented not of their deeds. Again, they're not repenting. Sounds like nuclear uh, destruction again. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So there's a big drought happening. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the, out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles. Orson Pratt said, The reason the Lord will suffer the devil to work miracles, to deceive the kings of the earth and of the whole world, is because they will previously have rejected the everlasting gospel. Therefore, the devil will deceive them and lead them on to destruction as he did the Egyptians. Continuing verse 14, Which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day of God Almighty. At the very moment of the second coming of our Lord, our all nations shall be gathered against Jerusalem to battle. And the battle of Armageddon, obviously covering the entire area from Jerusalem to Megiddo, and perhaps more, will be in progress. The Christ will come unexpectedly, and the dramatic upheavals promised to accompany his return will take place. That was from the Millet McConkie. Verse 15, Behold, I come as a thief. He is only a thief to those who are not prepared. Now here's the third blessed that uh, John gives. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, or keep his covenants, lest he walk naked, in other words, without the atonement, and they see his shame, and he gathereth them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. The kings of the whole world will be destroyed in final conflict outside the city of Jerusalem. Armageddon is symbolic of the final overthrow of all the forces of evil by the might and power of God. Um, and that was by mounts in the book of Revelation. Now, the Armageddon will take place in the valley of Megiddo, which, as I mentioned, is, is not that far from Jerusalem. Verse 17, And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such an one, such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great. Uh, Doctrine and Covenants section 133 says, And he shall utter his voice out of Zion, and he shall speak from Jerusalem, and his voice shall be heard among all people, and it shall be a, a voice as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder, which shall break down the mountains, and the valleys shall not be found. He shall command the great deep, and it shall be driven back into the north countries, and the islands shall become one land, and the land of Jerusalem and the land of Zion shall be turned back into their own place, and the earth shall be like as it was in the days before it was divided. In other words, all the continents will come back together. And the Lord, even the Savior, shall stand in the midst of his people and shall reign over all flesh. This earthquake appears to be connected with the flattening of the mountains and the unifying of the continents. 
and the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Verse 20, And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. Parley P. Pratt said, <clears throat> Having restored the earth to the same glorious state in which, it was first, in which it first existed, leveling the mountains, exalting the valleys, smoothing the rough places, making the deserts fruitful, and bringing all the continents and islands together, causing the curse to be taken off, that noxious weeds and thorns and thistles shall no longer be produced. The next thing is to regulate and restore the brute creation to their former state of peace and glory, causing enmity to cease from off the earth. But this will never be done until there is a general destruction poured out upon man, which will entirely cleanse the earth and sweep all wickedness from its face. Verse 21, And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and that's about between 45 and 90 pounds. That's pretty big hailstones. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. It is a false idea that the saints will escape all the judgments whilst the wicked suffer, for all flesh is subject to suffer, and the righteous shall hardly escape. <clears throat> Still many of the saints will escape, for the just shall live by, the, by faith, yet many of the righteous shall fall a prey to disease, to pestilence, etc., by reason of, of the weakness of the flesh, and yet be saved in the kingdom of God. That was Joseph Smith. But, but as Wilford Woodruff said, that there is only one people that will be spared, and that is the Latter-day Saints and those that are keeping the commandments. Remember that those that survive the second coming will be those of the terrestrial and celestial orders, or those that are keeping the terrestrials and celestial orders, because uh, that's what will exist during the millennium, is the terrestrial covering Revelation chapter 17. Verse 1, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore. This is the opposite of the bride prepared for the marriage of the Lord, that sitteth upon many waters. The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are people, and multitudes, and nations, and tongues. What is the church of the devil in our day, and where is the seat of her power? If we accept the angelic word, if we believe as Nephi believed, and if the Lord willing, we see what Nephi saw, then we shall accept without question the reality around us. The church of the devil is every evil and worldly organization on earth. It is all of the systems, both Christian and non-Christian, that have perverted the pure and perfect gospel. It is all of the governments and powers that run counter to the divine will. It is the societies and political parties and labor unions that sow strife and reap contention. It is communism, it is Islam, it is, it is Buddhism, it is modern Christianity in all its parts. It is Germany under Hitler, Russia under Stalin, and Italy under Mussolini. It is the man of sin speaking in churches, orating in legislative halls, and commanding the armies of men, and its headquarters are everywhere, in Rome and Moscow, in Paris and London, in Tehran and Washington, everywhere that evil forces, either of church or state or society, can be influenced. The imminent and all-pervading presence of evil in high places is one of the signs of the times. And that was by Bruce R. McConkie. Verse 2. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk or apostasy with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman, a counterfeit to the high priest, was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked excessive amount with gold and, ex and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness in her, of her fornication. So they make evil look attractive by having the gold cup. 
and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon, the Great, the Mother of Harlots and Abominations of the Earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs at Jesus, of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration, or astonishment, he means. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman, and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they beheld the beast that was and is not, and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads and seven are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Rome may be the symbol of all that is powerful and corrupt in the world. Remember that uh, that's the, the Rome that John lives under is the corruption or the wickedness of Rome back in his day. Verse 10, and there are seven kings, five are fallen. These were already dead at John's time, and one is, the sixth was reigning during John's time, and the other is not yet, the seventh was not yet born. We don't know who it is, and when he cometh, we, he must continue in short, a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. Remember that uh, when Daniel uh, interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream, when he saw that the, the beast had the ten toes that were made of clay and iron, and that those represented the kingdoms of Europe, the nations of Europe at the time. Um, and so this may also have reference to the, to the European countries. Verse 13, these have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them for he is Lord of lords and king of kings and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto me, this is again back from verse one, the waters which thou sawest where the horse sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. In other words, they will consume everything. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest in that great city, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. And that's the city Babylon. Let's go on to chapter 18 then. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her de delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be one, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. In other words, we're supposed to leave the world. We're supposed to flee from Babylon. We're supposed to get out of debt and, and stay out of those kinds of things. Verse 5, For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works, and the cup of which she hath filled fill to her double. So again, this is the destruction of Babylon that he's talking about. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow and shall see no sorrow. 
Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly, utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. In other words, the, all the people that have gotten rich over uh, the, the, the wickedness of the world and Babylon and so on are going to bewail, are going to be so sorry that she's gone because now they're going to be impoverished. Verse 10, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet, all thine and all thy thine wood and all manner of vessels of ivory and all manners vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men. Kind of sounds like Amazon.com, doesn't it? The whore sells everything, including the souls of men. She teaches us to love things rather than people. And the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which are which were dainty and goodly are, de are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. The merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. And saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. All of this stuff's going to be destroyed and the economy will just be wiped out. For in one hour so great riches has come to naught, and every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and, and as many as trade by sea stood afar off. So this is a financial destruction that's happening. And cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads. They, they, they just can't imagine that this could be happening because they, they trusted in all the, the wealth and so on. And cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voices of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all. In other words, there will there'll be no more parties. The party's over, in fact. In thee and no craftsman or whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. In other words, all the work is going to cease. There'll be no laboring, no craftsman. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. So there's no more weddings. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. The economies are built on a false foundation. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that was that were slain upon the earth. It didn't matter how you made your money in Babylon. All, all that mattered was that you, you got it. It didn't matter if you killed people for it. Um, that's what's happening here is the destruction of all that they held dear, all the wealth in the world that they thought they'd loved. I bear testimony of the fate of the things that are going to happen in the last days. These things will transpire prior to the Lord's second coming or in connection with it as part of the second coming. I bear testimony that these things are true in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time.